So some of you might have seen on the website that we enticed people this week by saying, um, like the what's up on Shabbat was, come to um, the late Shabbat and hear Rabbi Mintz talk about her visit to the White House and dinner at the Biden's house. How many people saw that on the website? Okay. So that was up on Monday and Tuesday, and on Tuesday I said, Shabbat's on Friday, and what's going on in Israel and Palestine is too difficult for me to talk about the White House. Um, kind of be easier to talk about the White House and dinner at the Bidens right now than what I feel like I really need to talk about, which is what's going on in Israel. And when I stand here on the bima and I'm thinking about what's behind me, which is the artwork of all of our students that kind of take for granted that it's always behind me when I'm saying my prayers until I do the Amidah and I turn around, when I say the Baruch Hu and I turn around and I think instantly of facing the East and I think of tonight, I thought of what, what it must be like to have Shabbat in Israel. And I thought about how scary it must be there and I think about the fact that ever since those three Israeli teenagers were murdered, were kidnapped and then murdered, everybody has been riveted and it's like you can't get away from it. You read the New York Times, you turn on the radio. Um, God forbid you should go on Facebook, it's like an assault. Um, to the left, to the right, to the... It's constant, but it also feels, at least I felt very isolated because it felt like even though I'm here in the synagogue and I'm surrounded by Jews, so many people didn't want to talk about it because we don't know how to talk about it without being put in one place or another. And when Marsha and I talked this week, we were talking about the fact that we share this sense of ahavatzion. Ahavatzion is we have a great love of the people of Israel, a great love of the land of Israel. We've lived there. Um, but that's not necessarily a value even that all Jews have. So how do we unite? How do we stay unified as a people if not everybody shares the same values about the state of Israel? A lot of people in San Francisco, in case you haven't noticed, kind of feel like they could care less about Israel or might even be anti-Israel um, and it runs the gamut. But that doesn't mean that we should stop listening or stop talking um, or disengage from the fact that it's our homeland. Uh, and I can love Israel and I can say I disagree with the government of Israel. There, I just said it. And I'm your rabbi. And I think that machloket, this idea of dissent and discussion is so central to our people and in fact, we have a great memory. We have 4,000 years of memory. And if you look back a few thousand years, you see that in every generation, there's been machloket. There's been a disagreement about how to be Jewish, about where to pray, about how to pray, about our relationship to Israel, even though we yearned for it to be our homeland for the past 2,000 years that we haven't been in it. And so I wanted to just talk about two ideas. And one of them is almost 10 years ago, I was in Israel in 2005 at the Hartman Institute for a fellowship and when I got to Israel what was happening was the beginnings of the stirrings of what was called the disengagement. And Ariel Sharon in 2004 had said that they were going to go into the Gaza Strip and they were going to dismantle all of the settlements and they were going to pull every single Jew out of the settlements who had been living there. And so in 2005 that summer when I arrived in Israel I knew I knew what was happening, but I didn't know how intense and pervasive it was there because I live here. I'd only heard about it. There wasn't even Facebook, I don't think. And when I got there, I remember the next morning I woke up, I put on my jacket and I ran, I took a jog and I went to the Hartman Institute and one of my classmates said, I, 
I didn't, I didn't know you felt that way. And I said, felt what way? And he said, you're wearing an orange jacket. And I said, what does that mean? And he said, I didn't know you were against the disengagement. And I said, what do you mean? He said, if you're against the disengagement, if you want Israel to stay in Gaza, you wear orange. And I was like, oh yeah, that's true. I've seen orange everywhere. And I said, well, what do you wear if you're for the disengagement? And he said, you wear blue. And so literally that summer, half of Israel was wearing blue and half was wearing orange. And if you, it was funny because Israelis are very, very smart. The taxi drivers had orange on one side and blue on the other. <laughs> so they could just drive around and get fares from, from everybody. Um, and it, it, it was one of the most difficult times I had ever been in Israel. I, I, I bought this. It's an orange kippah from the settlement of Gush Katif, which was the biggest settlement in Gaza at the time. And what we saw that summer was that the settlers said, you are going to have to rip us from our settlements. We are going to go kicking and screaming with our families if you force us. And the Israeli government was intent on giving the Palestinians Gaza. And they went in and we saw the pictures of the Israeli army and the Israeli police going in and literally physically pulling Israelis, Jews, out of their homes and away from the settlements and bringing them back into Israel and resettling them there. That was also the time, um, there were four settlements in, in northern, uh, the Northern West Bank in the territories that were also resettled. But for me as an American Jew, I said, I feel like there's a little hope, like that there's something that's happening that's really difficult for Israel where there's a hopeful spark for the future. And my Israelis friends said, we're very hopeful people, but we're realistic. And we doubt that there's going to be enduring peace as a result of that. The reality is, even though we're very young, Israel's estate is very young, we are a very young people. It's been this way for the past 4,000 years. When people say this is the worst time it's ever been for Israel, I say, wait, let's just turn towards the past. We've always had this machloket of difficulty. There have been periods of time when there was no government that was ruling over the land. And you know what? Arabs and Israelis, Arabs and Jews, they lived together completely in peace. There wasn't, a, there wasn't a fight over the land. And today we have great difficulty even having conversations. And there's a concept in the Talmud that talks about what happens when you have lost an object and you no longer um, claim it as your own. And it's a sense of hopelessness about whatever it is that you lost, but it becomes a part of the public sphere. And so as a rabbi, I have to say that it doesn't matter if you agree or disagree with the political situation in Israel. The sense of ahavatzion, of, of needing to support our people and at the same time acknowledging, it doesn't make any sense to think about the fact that yes, we have Iron Dome and these rockets and bombs are falling into our homeland, but there's also rockets and bombs falling into Palestine. And to me, it's cognitive dissonance to look at pictures and see all of the tanks lined up on the Gaza Strip to go into Gaza and there's also trucks with all the medical supplies that are going in with them to supply the Palestinians with all the medical supplies they'll need in the hospital. And people say to me, but the Israelis, they send in a tester bomb first so that all the people can run out of their homes. I, don't, I really, I don't know what to say sometimes. Not right or wrong, just broken hearted because I think we're focused on that. If you live in the Ukraine right now, you don't care about Palestine and Israel. You're wondering what terrible things are going to happen in Ukraine because of, of the former Soviet Union. 
If you're living in Aleppo right now, I think you're affected by it, but you're focused on what's going on in your home. And so what I want us all to come away with this week, this Shabbat, is this idea that there's always been the Yetzer Hara and the Yetzer Hatov, the evil inclination and the good inclination. We all feel it in our own hearts. And it's obviously true in humanity that there is an evil or bad or destructive warlike inclination. We've seen it from the beginning of time. But we all have the Yetzer Hatov, the good inclination. So if there's Hatikva, there's hope. It's in the fact that humanity still has access to and touches and comes from the Yetzer Hatov, the good inclination. And so my hope is that we can come to a balance where we still believe in peace, we still believe that Arabs and Israelis at some point, hopefully in our lifetime, will be able to live in the same land again. And there won't be bloodshed and there won't be war. And maybe I'm Pollyannish, but I feel like I have the opportunity to tell you to hang in there, hang in there with Israel, be supportive of the peace process, and don't let go of the Yetzer HaTov that lives in each and every one of us, and connect it with the Yetzer HaTov in whatever way you could support Israel and the peace process today and always. Shabbat Shalom.